Blue Wire. Dude, what happened with the Hornets there? The Pacers rocked them. <laughs> Just forgot how to play defense, apparently. Yeah, man. You let the Pacers put 144. You let the Pacers put 140 plus points on you. You're doing a bad job at basketball. Nah, you don't deserve. You don't deserve the playoffs. Like even if that's a regular season game, if it's like mid February and the Pacers drop 144 on you, you should be like your season should just end. Yeah, you're disinvited from even playing the rest of the season if you yeah, let the you, Pacers do that. One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Welcome <laughs> out of here, Island. Welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I got my Don't Tread on Me jacket uh, <laughs> buttoned up to the top button, you know. I love a top button. <laughs> looking, looking fresh and fly for the playoffs, oh. ready to go uh celtics deleted that tweet <laughs> rightfully so they should <laughs> oh what a what a horribly timed stylist choice i want to start out today by saying that our first two episodes came out and the reception was amazing i cannot thank whoever you people are including jazz fans that are listening to us i love you I love you so much. We ended up charting yeah, yesterday. It was, uh, it was Monday. We were charting at 63 on Apple's top 100 sports podcast. That's, that's how far up we got. It was insane. Yeah. I set the pick. Sarah came off the pick perfectly, found me rolling to the lane, got me the ball outside of the circle. Uh, Woj stepped up to try to take the charge. And I, I just... I don't know. I had an out-of-body experience and I last last thing I remember was the crowd cheering and like my hand hurt from dunking. It's just so it's crazy that it's for a, wild. a period of time on Monday that our podcast was charting at a higher rate than the Woj pod. And uh you know what? That my ego didn't need any boosting, but guess what? It got one. <laughs> it's already on my LinkedIn. <laughs> Charted higher than Woj. You're welcome. Yeah. Outside of that, just keep doing what you're doing guys thank you so much for listening rate review follow subscribe listen download do all of the things uh, send me your happy tweets thank you so so much for for everything so far uh and we also want to give an incredibly incredibly special shout out the unsalvageable theme music was done by a friend of the pod Brian Anderson. You can find him on Twitter at Mr. One Up. That's at M-R-1 spelled out U-P. And he made our dope beats. He made the beats for the other podcast that Greg is on, Bring Him Your Money. And the music is so perfect because it's like a smooth dope beat with like jazzy undertones. And we love it. And the show wouldn't even be as good as it is without that. So very special thanks to him. 
Yeah, I, I all I did was when we were recording the trailer, I just told Brian, I was like, I want something like Nas's uh, It Ain't Hard to Tell beat. Which was exactly the same thing that I yeah. came in thinking. And he was like, oh, I have something right here. Is this it? And we were like, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, S say no more, fam. Yeah. And then we had a, a hell of a time recording the trailer. <laughs> it was so hot. It was so hot. So those are our shout outs, our thank yous. Again, so much love for people that are listening to the pod. Uh, but we need to get into some stuff because guess what? The Jazz are the number one team in the league, Greg. We're number one. <laughs> That's the first time I can ever say that. I am 35 years old. I have been watching this team since I was in diapers. Jazz have never had the best record in the NBA. So, you know, I popped a little Martinelli's. <laughs> not, not doing alcohol right now. We're saving that for the real thing. Yeah. You know, it was a special moment. It, it's great. It's a hell of an accomplishment. And the Jazz should be very proud. I'm very proud of the Jazz. You know, as a as a reporter, it's not like I have a rooting interest. I'm not from Utah. I'm not a Jazz fan. I, I don't really, you know, subscribe to being a fan of one team in the NBA. I think it it's good for me to stay objective in that way. But when you cover a team, you get to know these guys. And they're nice guys. And I like for them to have success. And so I'm happy for them. And I'm proud of them. What a remarkable season, something for them to be incredibly proud of. It's, it's really unreal what they were able to do. You know, as a father of many, a jazz son, yeah, it makes me, it just, it, it warms my heart. It tickles me pink that I have raised such sweet boys who happen to be very good at basketball. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just multiple feathers in my cap. Like it just looks like, like something from like a Macklemore video shoot. 52 and 20 on the season. They rocked people at Vivint, which is going to have even more people. I think that's the highest percentage of attendance of any NBA team that they're going to have during to start off the playoffs. We don't know if it's going to go up, but there'll be 13,000 people in the building to start off the playoffs. The Jazz are very excited about that. Having, you know, it was already starting to feel loud in there. I can say from experience uh, with close to 7,000. And we're going to almost double that now. And so even though it's not capacity, it is going to feel incredible to be in a place. I'm, I love playoff basketball. The atmosphere is great. So it's, it's very exciting. Sarah, have you been to the Viv during a playoff game? I have not. It is pretty close to a religious experience. It's, it's insane yeah that's how i feel every time i watch playoff basketball anywhere you know oh i will say with the exception of miami uh man that crowd did not do well they did not do a good job <laughs> well they don't even show up until like halfway through the second quarter that's that's the first time i ever watched playoff basketball live and was like what are they doing and they yeah, you've got like gloria estefan and like alex rodriguez yeah, Toronto, very loud. Watched there uh, when I was covering the Sixers and their playoff series against the Raptors. Uh, Wait, were you there for the Kawhi shot? I was there for the with the quadruple dunk. Holy smokes. Yeah, that was a moment, man. That was a moment. It felt like I had like an eternity, like in between the ball bouncing on the rim to like look at the people next to me. And it was like, oh, that's it. Sixers win and then like donk donk and it goes in I'm like never mind going home <laughs> it was it was all slow motion yeah it was just yeah you lived an entire lifetime in like 0.3 seconds but 
everywhere outside of Miami has been great. I've been in a lot of places and it's been really good. And I'm very excited to add, add the Viv to that list. As you should be, it's going to be, it's going to be rad. And that place is going to be so deafening loud, especially like after not having a whole lot of fans throughout the majority of the season and like being in the bubble, like having, having playoff basketball with a crowd is going to be super, super exciting. And also, I mean, just the accomplishments of this team this season, you know, I've been writing playoff preview coverage. It's going to be rolling out over the next few days on Deseret.com and you know, Rudy Gobert is going to win DPOY. He's, you know, first in defensive rating, first in defensive win shares, first in total blocks, first in total dunks, like all of these things that he's first in. The Jazz had three all-stars this season. Quinn Snyder coached the all-star game. They've been number one through most of the season. Like what more do you want from this team at this point? You know, I actually, I need to come clean. I need, I need to be, I need to be relegated. I need to be punished. Okay. This is me. This is, we are in the age of accountability. Absolutely. This is me holding myself accountable. And when at the beginning of the season, when Rudy signed that enormous contract, mm-hmm. fess up, Greg, there may have been a few baguette biombos in the Slack channel. There may have been a few hon 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 makers. And Rudy has done nothing but exceed my expectations. He's been incredible he is legitimately an mvp candidate he's earned that money and all i can do is tip my hat to him and use the egg on my face to flavor the crow i'm about to eat yeah we we doff our hats to rudy gobert i mean what an incredible and you know that's always what people say is like you get paid and then you can stop playing and he didn't do that he got better yeah he got better He's been so legitimately good. Like, dare I say the most underrated player in the league. I really am not trying to be hyperbolic. I mean that factually. But, like, it's the little things like we talked about uh, on the last pod. Like, the shot determines and just shutting down entire areas of the paint. And, like, I know people like to scoff at screen assists, but, like, when you have an entire plethora, this cornucopia of shooters around him, and he's getting them wide-open looks, and this team is shooting almost 40% from three and is setting three-point records, like, can't really can't really scoff at that anymore. He's, yeah. been, he's been awesome, and, you know, he took a, a smaller diminished role on the offensive end. We have not heard a single peep about touches like we had in the past. He's just, he's figured out who he is. Completely accepted it. And is kicking ass at that. Yeah. He's just like, it, he's like that, like the one suck up guy. And I mean this in a nice way, like that you see at a fast food restaurant who's just employee of the month every single month. Yeah. I, I, was, I was such a brown nosing, like sit in the front and raise your hand student through school that I, I am, t- yeah, I accept. And I, so when you say like someone who got employee of the month every month, I'm like, oh, I respect that person. I get it. I made the Dean's list once. Noise. Because my dad said that I sucked at school and that I was stupid. Oh, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to show you. And then I got a 385. We're getting, we're getting deep on unsalvageable today. We're going to, we're going to unpack some shit. <laughs> this is so much cheaper than therapy. 
listen, I'll, I'll, I was going through some stuff today. As I said, I was writing top four in the league in total plus minus top four, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, rounding out the top five, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's the top five in total plus minus this season. That's wild. That's insane. So your, your, your plus minus starting five has four Jasmine. Yes. And also, that starting five wins you a title. 100% of the time. And I'll say this. I think that, you know, because of the way that plus minus works and how it's, you know, like sort of cumulative for whoever's on the court at the time, I think that Rudy has so much to do with the fact that Mike, Joe, Royce had those numbers. And like Royce, you know, he, he's got his own defensive game that he can, you know, pound his chest about. But the fact that those guys share the court so much with Rudy, I mean, that's why they're part of the top five of the top five plus minus. Yeah. He's like the human Mario mushroom. He just makes everybody bigger and stronger. Yes, exactly. Um, Greg, you were so yes. excited for your baby boys. You were so excited. You sent out a tweet and you said, jazz fans, tell me how excited you are. Yeah. So I, uh, I kind of did a little crowdsourcing on Sunday after the win against the Kings you know, I asked Jazz fans what their favorite favorite moments of the season were. It's been a spectacular season, so we're going to uh, going to lace up our Nikes and we're going to take a nice little stroll down uh, memory lane. I sorry, I have to apologize. I didn't take everybody's handle, but this is what Jazz fans have sent me. You know, the number one thing was three All Stars, Conley's first All Star bid, as well as Quinn coaching the All Star game. Of course, like the the biggest kind of definitive moment was the Shaq interview with Donovan, where he just scoffed at him and said, you know, I, I. and then the, and then the Jazz won like I don't know, like twenty of twenty one games or something like that. You know, it's funny because some of these moments that you have listed here, and some of the moments that Jazz fans bring up, because because I'm looking at it from an interview perspective, that's how I'm around them all the time. Like when you when you say Mike Conley's first bid, my favorite moment of that moment was hearing Mike retell the story of how he found out that he was getting an invitation to be on the All Star team, and he was getting like calls nonstop from like unknown numbers and numbers. He didn't know he's at dinner in Ohio with his family about to enjoy the all-star break, not an all-star. And he's like, I'm not answering any of these calls. I don't know these numbers. So he's just like ignoring the league, trying to give him an all-star bid. And then someone from the jazz calls and is like, Hey man, answer your phone. League's trying to get a hold of you. And he's like, wait, what? So he answers the phone and he kind of missed the moment where they were like, would you like to be on the all-star team? Cause they started out by saying, you know, we've got a spot in the three point competition and we'd like to offer you a spot on the all-star team. He's like, yeah, three point competition. I'm there. Let's do this. Like he'd already agreed to go. And then he was like, wait, a spot on the all-star team. Uh... It got 10 times better. <laughs> and so I just, I love the idea of him sitting there and just being like, so gung, like, I'm not going to answer the phone. And then once he finds out, he's so excited that like, he doesn't even hear that he's been invited to be on the all-star team. Especially when you juxtapose that uh, with how disappointed he was at the original unveiling where he was left off the list, you know? Yeah. Like I, I read some of the columns, I read what what you had in your article and he, he kind of sounded like Eeyore. 
Yeah, he was very Eeyore. Like, I guess I'm just never gonna be an all star. And justifiably, like he he was bummed and he deserved to be bummed, and it sucked. And you know, it ended up being a beautiful like Disney type ending for yeah. him. And that <laughs> rules, especially like he's been so good for so long, and like has simply been let or left off all star teams due to a numbers game. Yeah, I mean, he's been in an incredibly loaded Western conference, which is not just loaded, but like heavy loaded on the, some of the best guards we've ever seen play the game. Like hall of famers. Yes, absolutely. Multiple hall of famers. And he, and with the Grizzlies, it's just like, they were never good enough really to get the recognition that was needed for him to get a bid. I think Um, whether or not we like that, that's the way it is sometimes. And then to be on a team that was number one in the league and maybe that wasn't even enough, that was a total, it was a bummer. Yeah. But then, but then, but then the, the clouds parted, turns. the clouds parted, the sun shone through on Mike Conley. Great moment. The basketball, basketball gods called him upon Mount Olympus. And Mount Olympus and uh, State Farm Arena in Atlanta, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, just moving on, I think the, the number one consensus play of the year was that crazy boy on Bogdanovich behind the back pass uh, to Donovan Mitchell, who then threw an entire cross-court baseball pass to Joe Ingles, who did his patented catch and shoot where he doesn't even bring it down. It's just like this effortless flick of the wrist, nothing but nets. And it was that same game against the Bucks where you know Rudy had the dunk of the season where he just yammed on on Giannis's head which was another super exciting moment I love those plays I mean I, I like I like a good dunk or a timely three uh but but a crazy pass that leads to a wide open shot is it's just chef's kiss yeah. it's beautiful it was yeah uh, th- and that's going to be on every single season ending highlight reel and like that right there was when the jazz were they were just cooking. They were killing everyone. And they went into Milwaukee, a very good team where they haven't had a whole lot of success in the last few seasons and roasted, flambéed, rotisseried the Milwaukee Bucks, which was, it was, it was really one of the high points of the season. Uh, Again, you know, part of the crazy win streaks, which also, you know, there was the uh, the game against the Orlando Magic where they dropped 18 three-pointers and a half. There was the other game where they dropped 150-plus on the Kings. And that kind of brings up another thing about this team that I love is that they've got this switch. Like, they're able to go zero to you in, like, three seconds. And they I've never seen a Jazz team be able to do that. And it's kind of peak Warriors-esque. And when they're, when they're on, they're absolutely unstoppable. That's a, I mean, it's such a good point because the teams that win championships need that switch. They need to be able to go into an extra year to win. I mean, you, you want to get to 16 wins in the playoffs, you're going to have to turn it on a few times and get it by just gritting it out. Yeah. And this team, like we saw it so many times throughout the season where they would come out sluggish or they would go into halftime with like six to eight point deficit and like against the team they had no business being down to and then all of a sudden like they all just have this like switch in their brain and it's like oh it's winning time cool and then they go on this like 27 to 4 run and the game's over as as a fan does that worry you at all that that maybe the slow starts will 
seep into the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it, it always worries me, but it worries me a lot less knowing this team can turn it on. You know, if this was a team in the past that, you know, struggled and then, you know, had to gut out a four point win at the end of the game, I'd be a lot more uh, trepidatious, but knowing this team has that extra gear, like I'm, it still worries me, but uh, I'm less anxious about it. I think that I kind of, I kind of go both ways on it where I could say, you know, you're building bad habits. If you're getting down to bad teams, right. You go into the playoffs, you can't do that anymore. So you kind of need to build a better habit than that. At the same time, I, you know, the other half of my brain is thinking, you know, when you're that much better and you're the number one team in the league, like, what do you have to get up for? But it's really, really hard to get up for the Orlando Magic or the Sacramento Kings or, you know, in the dregs of a grueling 72-game schedule. And, and like you said, they are a team that can turn it on. And so maybe they come out during the playoffs and they're like, all right, regular season's over. Now we're coming out of the gate hot. I, I think, I, again, I would be even more anxious if we saw the version of the team that got cooked by the Timberwolves throughout this season, like if that was like a repeating thing. Right. But we saw a lot more of the team that cooked Milwaukee at home. Right. Than we did the team that got cooked by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. So just, you know, if we're basing everything on the body of work, yes, it worries me, but a lot less than, than other seasons. All right. What's what else is on the list? What do you love? A lot of people were talking about that game against the Grizzlies where Donovan looked at Dylan Brooks and told him to get the off the court after cooking him. I think he dropped almost like he had like 20 points in the first quarter or something like that. Like (laughs) Dylan, Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell have some sort of history. They don't seem to really like each other. I haven't liked Dylan Brooks since he flopped at Oregon against the university of Utah. If you haven't go and YouTube that it is single-handedly the most egregious flop in the history of basketball i have loved dylan brooks since uh woge almost tried to trade him without the grizzlies oh yeah that was really funny (laughs) (laughs) this is not a woge hating podcast but (laughs) and that was very funny and then the the grizzlies said no you can have marshawn brooks you can't have dylan brooks so so funny if you haven't heard of that go ahead and google that too just google marshawn dylan brooks trade mishap and it'll come up so good a few more that donovan mitchell's crazy wraparound pass to uh boyan against the pelicans where he drove the drove the lane and did this like crazy slingshot pass Yep. There was a Clark Clarkson dropping 40 on the Sixers. You know, the, the hate for the Philadelphia Sixers runs deep in Jazzland. And, you know, watching Jordan Clarkson, the sweet, cool boy, drop a cool 40 was pretty, pretty amazing. There was the franchise three-point night against Charlotte, which was then broken against Charlotte when they played them again. Yeah, they really, Charlotte took a beating and then they were bounced from playoff contingent. Again, if you if if the Pacers drop 144 on you, like you you're not invited. It. No, you're done. <laughs> Cut off. Nobody wants to talk to you. FOH. Uh, the you have on the list the the return of D Fave, and yeah. uh, I'll say this. You know, I wasn't I wasn't in Jazzland when Fave was here through the first eight years because I came in last season. But I understand the love that the fan base has for him. It's just I hadn't had interactions with him or anything. But uh, first game back uh, this season with Derek Favors in the lineup, 
the jazz, you know, their intro video that they show before every game. Uh, there's, you know, the music is Christian doing, they're showing all the players, the players are dunking, they're screaming, they're bouncing, you know, it's all well-produced. And then kind of the music breaks on a drum beat and like Derek favors is there and kind of turns and looks over his shoulder at the whole crowd from this video. And it holds for like an extra second. And that first game back, I I'm giving myself chills talking about it right now because it, the moment was insane. There was like 1200 people in the building. It was not a lot. Cause it was the first game of the season and they lost their freaking minds. They lost it. And I had full body chills. I was like, Oh damn, this is a moment. <laughs> That's some that's that's some Scorsese style filming. He's a director. <laughs> oh, sorry, you, to, sorry. You. I know I'm mansplaining, but Sarah doesn't watch movies, so little little inside. Well, I know who Martin Scorsese. I mean, <laughs> I sh- actually, hold on. I should probably say, I know the name. Could not tell you a single movie that he's directed. <gasps> I don't know movies. I just don't. We're send, gonna... send me all the movies you think I should watch, guys, and I promise I will never watch them. <laughs> Everybody puts in work in the off season. That's I'm gonna say, hey, I've been doing. I've actually been putting in work on that this season. I've, I've seen yeah. Fargo. I've seen Boogie Nights. I've seen American Psycho. All good. All a few good. Actually, I did not like American Psycho. Read the um, book. It's better. It's still it's insane and really gross and awful, but way better than the movie. A, I didn't find out there was a book until after I saw the movie. I was really upset about that. You can um, borrow it. I have it. I saw A Few Good Men and it shocked me that that's where the line, you can't handle the truth, <laughs> comes from. And I, I mean, we're talking about movies from 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like shocked. And I watch them and I like, I'm telling people like, have you guys heard of this movie Fargo? It's like really good. <laughs> Do you know who the Coen brothers are? Again, they're like, like, they're like these brothers and they make these amazing movies. They're yeah. so, they're so smart and they're clever and the writing is great. I, I, it's, oh. My boyfriend, I told him that I watched Fargo. I thought it was really good. And he said, yeah, it's a Coen Brothers movie. And I was like, that means absolutely nothing to me. It doesn't, it means nothing to me. I'm like, oh my I'm a unicorn, God. Greg. All right, moving on. <laughs> hey, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> we're not, we're not getting sidetracked anymore. Um few more that that people loved was you know bogey's 48 against denver and then subsequently winning player of the week getting to and staying at number one for so long which was huge especially when your backcourt missed a combined 37 games i don't really you know i don't think we're talking enough about how crazy what accomplishment that is and then speaking of accomplishments best three-pointing point shooting team of all time the jazz are the first team to ever average 10 threes a game however they did not break the all-time record due to the shortened season still uh, but amazing and during that you know you think about all the three-point shooters you think Boyan, you think of joe george even uh donovan it's been so good this year donovan Insane. mitchell donovan mitchell was the first was the quickest player to ever reach 603 is that the number hold on i wrote it today and now i don't have it great (laughs) i was reading this instant analysis brought to you by unsalvageables i'm cutting cutting all this out (laughs) no you're not what is the number i read this Hold, oh, here we go. I'm, getting, I'm closing in on it. 
Yeah, I was right. Two Jason Tatum dropped 50. Uh, we're recording this. The Washington Wizards and Boston Celtics play in game just ended, ended, and the Boston Celtics are your Eastern Conference seventh seed. Congratulations to them. So, Donovan Mitchell connected on 601 three point field goals this season and took him 240 career games making him the fastest player in NBA history to hit 600 threes. That's wild. That's exactly two and a half threes a game. Faster than anyone else has ever got to 600. That's, I, you know, it's weird to think That's of Donovan Mitchell as impressive. that player. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, Jazz hit 1,205 three-pointers this season. Most made threes in the league this season. Really, really impressive. I will cap off my favorite moment list. Uh, I've got two of my own. Uh, number one, you know, we don't get a lot of personality from Quinn Snyder during the season, but there He's was pretty a, stoic. Yeah, very stoic. I'm very by the book. Doesn't want to release too much information. Doesn't say a lot of personal things. We had a few good moments with him this season. By far, my favorite was him being asked a question about what was going to happen with Mike's availability on back-to-backs and stuff. And he said, well, you know, Rudy's got a crystal that we rub a little while. And then we see if it it comes up with an answer that Mike likes. I remember this so good. (laughs) (laughs) Like when he said it, I mean, I've got the recording of him saying it and I'm just laughing in the background of this recording because it's like, I never expected him to come out with that. Rudy's got a crystal and we rub it. And not even like, and we, and then if whatever the crystal tells us we take, it's like, if it comes up with an answer that Mike likes, then we'll go with it. Great moment. <laughs> Loved it. And then the final moment of the final post-game interview after the final game of the regular season, Jordan Clarkson is asked, what song is encapsulates the vibe of the team right now? And he pulls out his phone, he's scrolling. He's like, ah whole team Mm. and then he says he drops this one he says tears for fears everybody wants to rule the world and everyone over 30 chant chanted in united in unison and applause (laughs) and and then as we're closing out the interview this guy pushes play and just starts bopping us some tears for fears to close out the interview god what a good moment cool guy president for the rest of his life yeah he is student body president of the Cool Kids Club. I love Jordan Clarkson so much. What? Yeah, and he was indoors wearing sunglasses when it happened. And like this like ridiculous like Coogee sweater shirt. Yeah. Like Coogee sweater polo shirt. It looks like something uh, Biggie would wear. Like, yeah, like you're wearing that. You're playing Tears for Fears. I am going to open mouth kiss Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I love him. I got like, remember how Kirilenko used to have the pass from his wife? (laughs) I have, I have convinced my wife uh, it's, it's going to be smooching. That's (laughs) what we agreed on. And the person I'm going to smooch with is Jordan Clarkson. He doesn't know it yet, but he's my boyfriend. (laughs) You're going to have to get in line because there's, there's many a women that have given their, their significant others uh, passes. uh, This one included. (laughs) And he's really good at basketball and he likes tears for fears. And he goes and like spends the all-star break in Capitol reef. 
He's just so cool, man. He's like if the Dos Equis man was like really good at basketball. And he was wearing like at Christmas time, he was wearing like matching Grinch pajamas with his girlfriend. And I was like, yeah. God, you're so, you make the dumbest look cool. It's so annoying. Like dude shows up in a kimono and like a kilt to the arena and then just like <laughs> takes your favorite player and just puts him in the meat grinder. Yeah, and, just roasts him. Yeah, and then like, you know, walks off listening to Culture Club or something like that. Yeah. What he's, a He's in, he's insane. He's the coolest. I I knew that I was going to like Jordan Clarkson on a deeper level when he first got here and uh me me and Jordan Clarkson were signed on the same day. So we both came to Utah that same week. And when he got here and I met him, we were talking about the show You on Netflix, which is about a serial killer. And um, I just knew, I knew that the guy had cool vibes. He had good taste. I knew it. So my, you can that was, bond over murder. We can bond over murder, which is just how I bond with people. <laughs> what, what a great season. So many good moments. I love that, you know, we had Boyan having a wraparound pass to Donnie. And then also one of the best moments was Donnie having a wraparound, like crazy pass to Boyan. Uh, sharing is caring, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that moment too when he was at the free throw line when he had 46 ended up dropping 48 against Denver and the crowd is cheering his name and then you hear him in the uh, the walk off interview like thanking the fans. Like, Thank you for making this a special night for me. Oh, oh Boyan, Greg's gonna adopt you. <laughs> I already have. Yeah, I know it. It's he's my Croatian sensation. I love what I love when guys have those moments those are so such special moments you know when is Bojan gonna have people chanting MVP and yelling bogey bogey when he's at the free throw line he's doused with water and getting to thank the fans like that guy's not gonna have that many moments in his career it's just it's very nice I like I like to see people happy and succeed it was it's it's been a magical season it really has but guess how what ever however 72 games don't mean it's yeah over. yeah as great as this season has been it's completely over and in the immortal words of scotty pippen doesn't mean a thing without the ring no sir no it does not and that's what we're looking at now we got the plan we finally know who's going to be in the plan as suspected lakers warriors will be the seven eight matchup and grizzlies that's going to be fun as hell yeah grizzlies that's going to be really good it's going to be grand and I suspect that the Grizzlies are probably going to win the 9-10 matchup and then either face the Warriors or the Lakers. And that's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch Jaron Jackson Jr. and our guy, John Morant, Jaron Vaxson Jr. Yes. I can't wait to watch them go against yeah. this team. And if you're a Jazz fan, you better be decked out completely in Memphis Grizzlies jerseys. Because I can promise you, you want to see the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs a hell of a lot more than you want to see the Lakers or the Warriors. Who do you think is going to win that Lakers-Warriors matchup? I learned a long time ago not to bet against LeBron James. We've all learned that lesson. And I really... I don't know, man. It's, it's like, But it's so wild, though, because you also have Steph Curry who could just, like, blink and have 60 points so and I think you know like we talked about on the pod before the, the game plan for the Lakers has to be you know 
pressure Steph, but Steph is going to get his. You got to shut down everybody else. And I think that the Lakers are good enough defensively to be able to do that. That's the thing. Their defense is so good. Yeah, when they're when they're all healthy, they're they're incredible. Like how they played in the playoffs last year. I granted different team. I understand that, but like even even through stretches this season when they were the when they were neck and neck with the Jazz and they were the number one defense, like they had that defense on a string. Yeah, they did. I understand how quick and crafty and punchy and athletic guys like Jordan Poole and Kent Bazemore have been for the Warriors lately. Trez isn't going to have any of that. <laughs> AD's not having any of that. And Wes AD's... Matthews isn't having any of that. LeBron James. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James. He's certainly not having any of that. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> Oh, you just pulled a Stephen A. Uh, but yeah, they're not having any of it. They're not. I just yeah. don't. I think that, and the same thing that I'd said before about if the Jazz are going to face the Warriors, I don't think that Steph Curry can carry that team. I think that Steph could carry them in one game. And so I'm not exactly sure who to go with, but I think the Lakers, if they come into that game healthy, they win that game. Yeah, or if like LeBron just decides to like, I don't know, be playoff LeBron. Yeah. How many times have we seen that? Or like, how many times have we had people doubt LeBron throughout his playoffs, and then all of a sudden he has like a game six against the Celtics, or like, I don't know, that insane game he had against the Pistons early on in his career, or I don't know, how about beating a seventy-three and nine team in the NBA Finals while leading in every major statistical category this guy i mean and every every time that we watch him like go through a finals run it's like oh he like almost averaged a triple double during the finals it's like i just it's been 18 years man it's been it's almost been two decades yeah we can't we can't count him out you can't bet against him so we'll see very selfishly for my own personal interests, I'm rooting for a Warriors loss on Wednesday and then a Warriors win on Friday because that means that I would be able to go home for the first round series. Oh, back to the Bay Area, I'd be able to go home, have some dinner with my family. So, very selfishly, that's what I'm hoping for. But Jazz fans absolutely do not root for that. Root for whatever in the first round of the play in and root for the Grizzlies to beat the loser of that game. Agreed. Yeah, that would be very cool. And I also like. Grizzlies have been my league pass team all year. That team rules. They're I great. really like them. They're going to be really good for a long time. They're young. They're taking their lumps. John Morant's going to be a star for a long time. Triple J is going to be a star for a long time. I love the, that team. The Warriors and the Grizzlies, they played that final game of the season for the eighth seed. Yeah. And Granted, the Warriors won that game and they got the eighth seed, but if it comes down to them again, that's going to be a good game. I watched Jaron Jackson Jr. pick the pocket of Steph Curry in that game, and Steph looked stunned when it happened because that guy was <laughs> that guy was on him. Yeah. And I just I love watching Triple J and I love watching Ja. It's just a really fun team, and so I'm the playing is playing is good. I didn't really care about the East. Yeah. I'm a little bummed that Westbrook went home, but I can't really complain when Jason Tatum's dropping 50. Jason Tatum's cool. He's, he's good not, at basketball. He's not home yet. The uh, Wizards are going to play the Pacers. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then, fingers crossed. 
<laughs> go Russ. Cool guy, cool guy Russ to get. Actually, that would be a very fun matchup to watch because if the Wizards win that final play-in game, then they face the Sixers in the first round. That's and a fun all, matchup. Yeah, that's a fun matchup. And we know that Embiid and Russell Westbrook don't like each other. So no, they do not. Okay, I'm, I'm officially in. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. All they want is chaos. That's and all they care about. And the playoffs are here. That rules. The playoffs are here, baby. It's Christmas and birthdays and, and Hanukkahs and all of it rolled into one. I cannot wait. I love playoff basketball so much. I'm going to nerd out so hard. I basically kissed my wife goodbye and told her I'll see her in July. I'll make it up to you. I'm sorry, everyone. I've been spending a lot of time with you lately, but peace. (laughs) And for those that did not see that, I just did two like Richard Nixon. What was that? I love (laughs) playoff basketball. And with that, (laughs) thank you. Thank you all for coming into another episode of Unsalvageable, a chart-topping Utah jazz podcast. No big deal. Well, chart-middling, but whatever. It's pretty good. Uh, And we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) I love (laughs) love the playoffs. My favorite.